by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. And many thanks to Mike Lang for the last hour of Microscope here on Rock Radio UK. The best in rock 24-7. First up this week, you heard Adam West and their cover of The Dams. Neat, neat, neat. From the long out of print helicopters, Adam West split 7-inch. The digital version, I am sure, is available on Fandango Records' Bandcamp site on the High Balls Are a Rolling album. As you should know, Uh, After Adam West broke up in 2008, the four band members proceeded with other projects. Uh, Steve and Mario uh, elevated their side project Barocco to a full ongoing concern. Jim continued with Channel 43. Jake retired for a few years before forming Jake Starr and the Delicious Fullness. So, for your listening pleasure, coming at you at 
rapid succession are Barocco and Shot Down Banged Up Fade Away from the Atacama album, Channel 43 and Drunk With Power, with Jake Starr and the Delicious Fullness rounding things off with Hong Kong Fui from the Tastes Good album.
That was one of Jake's finer vocal performances. Now, last week I talked about the 40th anniversary of Nevermind the Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols, an album that also celebrated its 40th anniversary this year that I totally forgot about was Motorhead's self-titled debut, which came out the 21st of August 1977. I think it slipped my mind because the 40th anniversary of actually Motorhead forming was two years previously, and I always think of the album coming out pretty much around the same time. Now, the album has been reissued before with the Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers EP tacked onto the end. Well, Ace Records, a.k.a. Chiswick, have just re-released a new expanded Digipack edition featuring a dozen bonus tracks the non-LPP side of City Kids the aforementioned tracks from the band's Beer Drinkers EP and seven previously unheard alternate mixes from the original August 1977 album sessions with the added incentive of a bumper booklet with a three and a half thousand word lenient note by Ted Carroll plus the obligatory rare photos of the previously unheard tracks we have Lost Johnny Mix 2 City Kids Mix 1, I'm Your Witch Doctor, Alternative Mix, The Watcher, Mix 3, White Lion Fever, Mix 7, Keep Us On The Road, Mix 1, and this one, Motorhead, Alternative Vocal and Guitar Solo.
there was me only a few weeks ago saying how back in the day there was only a couple of versions of that song. In his autobiography, Whiteline Fever, Lemmy recalls that producer Speedy Keen and engineer John Burns were speeding out of their heads because they couldn't afford to go to sleep. They didn't have time and they wanted to make an album as much as we did. They mixed 24 versions of Motorhead alone. Roll on the 50th anniversary box set. Appropriately, I was listening to the album while outside Hammersmith Odeon last Monday in my role as Dad Taxi picking up my daughter and her mate from seeing Harry Styles anyway. It was on headphones and I suddenly realised that I hadn't listened to it this way since before I was married, uh, still living with my folks. One thing that became apparent was the production with regards to spaces in the music. I'll try and explain. Uh, with the advent of technology, you could pretty much have unlimited tracks with bands tending to use as many possible. Same with an album. You can fit nearly, what, 80 minutes on a CD? So bands feel the need to fill up every minute. Whereas all the great albums pre-CD lasted a maximum of 40 minutes. Motorhead's debut, just over 32 minutes. Even the follow-up of Overkill was you know, just over 35 minutes long. On the debut, which was recorded at Escape Studios in Egerton, Kent, that boasted a 16-track desk. But from the sound of it, yeah, they were used sparingly. For the guitar tracks, maybe a few, including a lead at most. Nothing has been super distorted or overstated. You can hear sometimes nothing. It's like the adage, less is more. Someone who definitely benefits from less and more is Johnny Moped, the epitome of Marmite and Brussels sprouts. If you get him, you get him big time. If you don't, well, you're missing out on one of music's great geniuses. Now, on my way up to see the professionals last Saturday, I ducked into the Weatherspoons over the road from the garage to spend a penny, where I bumped into Fear and Loathing's Andy P. No, not in the... You know what I mean. Who proceeded to tell me he had something for me before pulling out a CD marked in black marker pen. Johnny Moped, live at the Roxy 1977. Now, as you know, the Roxy London WC2 album came out in July 1977 on EMI imprint of Harvest Records. Oh, the irony of punk bands being on a label named after prog rockers Barclay James Harvest, which was recorded between um, January and April of the same year. The first track on side two, was the live Moped classic of Hard Loving Man. No other songs of Johnny Moped's two recorded sets have officially or unofficially surfaced until now. Andy P explained that he had acquired the recordings from a US tape trader with the theory that Ted Carroll used the two gigs as a promotional tool. Weight is added to this as the track Hard Loving Man is missing, as it was owned by NMI. And some of Johnny's between song raps were quoted back in the day in the music press Johnny's between song raps are the stuff of legend if an album of them was out there I would be one of the first in line to purchase it do what the seals what do you think about baby seals then alright We haven't got that yet. You should be lucky. Like, um, sort of, uh, what do you think of baby seals? Sort of hunters smashing their skulls open. You know, 
sort of nicking their skins to make fur coats for rich old boilers. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's great, isn't it, eh? Really abysmal. Of course, oh, shut up, will you? It isn't this old slag that we had here the other night, is it? Right. Hey? Kentucky turkey. <laughs> right, okay. So what we're going to do now, we're going to do a really weird one. Hey? Enough of that. We're going to do another call, free time. One, two, three, four. Free, free time. And I feel I'm making fine. Cause it's all a long time gone Oh no, I hit the skids Feel like a skid-like kid What is it all about? Is it just a cosmic crowd? When I see the stars come out this week Cause they're crap When I 
That was obviously 3D time from the band's second Roxy set defined technically brilliant. On the 8th of March next year, Johnny Moped will be playing for the first time ever the whole of Psychedelic live at the 100 Club. Be there or be a non Tomcat. So, on to the professionals who are playing on, as you know, because I told you on last week's show, the 40th anniversary of the release of Them Mind the Bollocks. Sex Pistols. The band opened with Paola, which to begin with, I didn't recognise. I thought it was something off the new album, What in the World, which I'd only heard the once, and that was driving up to the gig. Not because it was played wrong or badly, but the new album really does have that professional's feel about it, and I was expecting them to kick things off with a new song, so I was caught off guard, if not unawares. New songs were played, uh, with just as much crowd appreciation meted out as if they were hearing Jones, Cook, McVie, Mayer's material. The main set is finished off with the faux Pistols track Silly Thing with the encore reserved for full-blown bollocks tracks of Bodies and Pretty Vacant. Of course, the already enthusiastic and rabid crowd went even wilder. But with an early curfew, it was all over by 9.45. Andy P, who knows much more powerful people than I do, offered me a pass to the after show, which I did contemplate. But with the clocks going back to Greenwich meantime, the lure of even more quality bedtime far outweighed any rock and roll shenanigans. This is The Professionals and Monkeys featuring Duff McKagan.
had a text informing me that I said the moped gig was on the 8th of March. It's not. It's on the 9th. Sorry, Tomcats. Now, I like Robin Black. I attended his and the Intergalactic Rockstars debut UK gig at the King's Head in Fulham, saw him at the Underworld, the Dome, and even at the Brief in Croydon. I have both albums, the Canadian and the UK versions of the DVD, demos, outtakes, and even the T-shirt. So it's safe to say that I'm a fan. These days, the stage that Robin is associated with is that of a fight commentator. Anyway, on Sunday... He posted a request on Facebook for someone to design a poster for his spoken word gig at the Park Theatre, Winnipeg, on the 17th of December, with payment in the form of promotion. Now, I took umbrage to this and called him out on it. In exchange for promotion, come on, I said, would you ask a musician to play a gig in exchange for promotion? To which he replied, I've worked for three thousands of times in music, commentary, etc., I'm proud of it and believe it is in part responsible for my success. Which is fair enough. Obviously, Robin's choice and more power to him. But it still sits uncomfortably with me. You ask a tradesman to do a job, you pay them. There's no grey area. Have I done work for free? Yeah, I have. But I volunteered my services to help mates out and they didn't ask for it. You know what you know mates do. I almost went up to the restaurant where my daughter works as she wasn't going to get paid for the trial shift that she did. I was all set to trial their food, if you know what I mean. But I was talked out of it as she said she was really just shadowing another waitress. I even feel guilty when I get sent free music, especially it comes from mates and acquaintances. If it's digital, I'll always purchase the hard copy or failing that, merch. A poster for Robin was procured thanks to the talents of Graham Isadore. So here's Robin Black and the Intergalactic Rockstars and some of you boys and most of you girls. Most of you girls will love me 
split single time. And Maximum R&R and the Hit Priest have today just produced one. Now, Maximum R&R are new to me, but thanks to Ginge from the On Hiatus Nicotine Pritchard's review of said single on the massmovementco.uk website, light has been shed. Even if Ginge, like me, had never heard of them, get someone else to do the lead work. That's my sound advice, especially if their link to their website is broken. Maximum R&R, hail from Toronto. That's it, which is all the information you can glean from their Facebook page. Although, scrolling down their page, we learn that on the 8th of December, definitely the 8th of December, not the 9th, for the first time in eight years, the original lineup will be performing at the Bovine Sex Club. Ten bucks will see you in. Doors at 9pm. This is America. on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, whatever that is, but you'd be nuts to listen to anything else, I tell you. Know what I mean? Dismissed from telly 
straight after Maximum R&R and America. You just heard The Hit Priests and I'm in Exile. I've mentioned before about the agony of finding out two bands you want to see are both playing on the same day. Yesterday, I missed out on seeing LA Guns at the Underworld as I was at Islington Academy seeing hardcore superstars. Stay in the knowledge that at least I'll be seeing them tomorrow for the greatest hits set as opposed to the album launch gig. Then word reached us Tuesday evening that Bernie Tormey, whose band around 82-84, sported Phil Lewis as the vocalist, was coming up from deepest, darkest Kent for the LA Guns gig. Oh well. The school did suggest that as Fozzie were headlining, we could leave straight after Hardcore Superstar and do both. A 25 quid a ticket, the answer from me was a resounding no. Last Saturday, I discovered something even worse. I'd actually booked tickets to see two different bands on the same day in two different parts of London. The squirrel would not be amused. So I broached the subject with the words, are you in a good mood or a bad mood? Of course, why was the natural response? To which I replied, you know we're seeing Michael Monroe band on the 1st of December. Before I could get any further, I was cut dead with, I know. As Royal Republic are also playing on the first, but at the Camden Palace, sorry, I still can't say Coco. Tickets for their gig were booked months before Michael's. But as the squirrel said, when Michael says jump, we say, how high? Fly in my basement. Got my lexicon out and I'm not afraid. 
Breakers, you heard Full Steam Space Machine, and directly afterwards, the Michael Munro Band, and all acoustically at Universal Records Engine Room in Kensington back in 2011 when Ginger Wildheart was still in the band. And the Demolition 23 track, Hammersmith Palo. I did on Monday check out a few of my old Hammersmith haunts. All but the Odin have gone. The aforementioned Palais, now Jim Hammersmith Clarendon shopping centre even universal records has moved i spent hours down in the basement <coughs> a rearranging stock uh, looking for the women and captains first gold disc as previously a and m records had had the offices before universal took them over no i didn't find it only some ramstein limited flight cases that housed handcuffs lube and half a dozen dildos of various sizes moving swiftly on a band that i really really should be into is Husker Do. It seems I have, on an external hard drive, the band's entire discography that, for some strange reason, I've never listened to. Anyway, I got sent the Savage Young Do box set, which is chock full of demos and live recordings from their early years, which, for a non-collector like me, probably isn't the best way of an introduction. So I've taken the plunge and just picked a random song from a random album. The tracking question is Ice Cold from Warehouse. So until next week, take it easy. Yeah. 